This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's time for one of our favorite segments of the week. On this show, we have no new friends, but we have good friends. And Brian Bacco is our OG good friend. You know him. He covers the Steelers for the Post-Gazette. Kind enough to join us just about every single Thursday here on the Blitz. Mr. Bacco, how we doing, partner? Doing well. What about you guys? Hey, cannot complain. Um, it's a beautiful day. I mean, we've got plenty to talk about in terms of Steelers and football and free agency moving and shaking. We got March Madness tipping off tonight. It's it's a good time to be alive, Mr. Bacco. Oh, for sure. Can't wait for this weekend. A lot of hoops to watch. It's going to be, I, I hope that Nothing major Steelers-wise breaks between, you know, noon on Friday and actually I don't even know how late the games go Monday, but I'm hoping it continues to be slow on the NFL front. Noon on Friday. We're not worried about that. We got action tonight. That's right. Norfolk State, let's get it. Yes. First four, though, like I'm still kind of – I resent the first four a little bit because I loved having 64 teams and now a nice round number. And to me, they kind of ruined it a little bit, throwing in those extra teams. I like when they throw in the extra teams, man. You can never have enough basketball. James yeah. Madison must have been in the first four recently, huh? Well, no, this would have been like 12. Yeah, more recently yeah. than Pitt. <laughs> it, oh, hey now. But we did. We actually did win our first four in. Yeah, we did win that. But Norfolk State playing tonight. That's the hometown, you know, 757. So, yeah, if they end up, okay. if they end up playing, I'm definitely checking them out. And how many times have we seen – one of these, you know, six teams come in here and shock the world. Mm-hmm. UM, UMBC? I mean, we've seen UNC, I mean, we've seen North State do it as a 15 seed before. Mm. I mean, we can get action. Was, uh, Lehigh was a 15 yeah, when they took they, down they Duke, done it. right? Absolutely. But yeah. you can't get those without these, you know, bubbles, these these That's four true. play-ins. And actually from a button a betting standpoint, too. If you I do, actually think it should be all the big, the, the major conference teams or the at-large teams that should have to yeah, I play agree. on that. Like the UCLA's and the Michigan yeah, States. That would be awesome. Yeah, Syracuse. But but from a betting standpoint, it's typically a little, a little extra juice. No, no. Typically, one of those four teams that are playing the play-in have always won at least one of those NCAA games uh, after the fact. Okay. So I'm just yeah, throwing out there. Yes. Right? So you're, you're giving us some DJ advice. Just, hey, you know, for, for all my DJs out there, that's looking for a little extra juice this weekend. <laughs> all right, Mr. Backo. Well, while we're doing this, then we might as well. Who who you got cutting down the nets here in a couple weeks? You know, I haven't actually decided yet. I have not filled out a bracket to this point because there's been some COVID issues with teams already in the field. There's guys dropping off for undisclosed reasons. I want to wait until, like, midnight tonight when all these first four games are over, (laughs) maybe even tomorrow morning, to make sure I know exactly what's up with every team, all 64 teams in the bracket. Is that a cop-out answer? Kind of, but it's smart, too. I I will say this. Ever since they told us about that, how they're going to handle COVID as well, I've been really antsy about my bracket because I just feel like, yeah, man, it, uh, like the substitute teams. I, I hate that yeah. element right now. The substitute that that is giving me anxiety about my bracket. So, well, I think the substitute teams are out now that it's Thursday. But I mean, you're right because if a team has to drop out, then that changes the right. collection of of everything. But even if there's certain players who are really, you know, impact winning for their teams, like. That's going to affect that. I don't mm-hmm. want to have to fill out a bracket early and then tinker with it all week. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, I, I want to set it and forget it. Second and go. Fellas, it's unprecedented brackets for <laughs> unprecedented times. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette with us here. He covers the Stillers for the PG. Let's talk some Stillers, Mr. Backo. Uh, it has been certainly an interesting week. 
Um, we've got some guys who have stayed, but we've got even more guys going. H- has anything surprised you? Let- let's start there. I think the panic among Steeler Nation has kind of been palpable because a lot of people thought, well, wait a second, we restructured Cam Hayward and we restructured Ben Roethlisberger. I thought that this wasn't going to be this mass exodus. I thought we were going to be able to keep the band together and run this thing back one time. But has has anything surprised you to this point, or has it kind of gone as you've expected? I was a little surprised by the Vince Williams cut, to be honest. I mean, I think we talked about that last week on here and maybe even the previous week on, on the Blitz. But I, I, that was one to me that could have gone either way. The longer the week went and just the, the longer the offseason went, I thought maybe better odds that, that he would get to stay. And, you know, the, the fact that they didn't, you know, spend a little extra money to try to keep Mike Hilton and, uh, you know, they, they didn't overextend on a guy like Matt Filer. Uh, I start to, my mind wanders to, oh, well, maybe they won't have any cap casualties, but uh, I guess that was never realistic in the, the year of our Lord 2021 <laughs> and what NFL teams have to do to, to, to get under the cap. So, uh, you know, Vince is, is a tough one, I'm sure, for the organization, uh, you know, really kind of a, an, an underrated heart and soul of the defense a lot of the time, but it's a business and uh, comes down to what you can and can't do between the lines and got to a point for him where I guess the, the physical just kind of overcame uh, a lot of the other factors in terms of finances and, uh, and, you know, veteran leadership and things of that nature. So with that being said, how does this change the outlook of positional needs going forward, whether it's as free agency continues or even as pertains to the draft? Yeah, I certainly think inside linebacker uh, becomes a little bit more of a priority. You know, this time last week, I might have told you, it's, it'd be nice to add a body there, but it's not a must because if, if you've got Devin Bush back healthy and, and you've got Vince still going strong and you've got Rob Blaine with a year under his belt, plus the, the depth guys like Marcus Allen and Ulysses Gilbert, maybe you're good taking that core into 2021 if you absolutely have to. Now it's it's kind of clear to me you you need another thumper uh, you need more of an old school run support stuffer now that Vince is is out of there but on the bright side I do feel like there are maybe more players like that coming out of the college level and because they're a bit of a dying breed in the NFL uh, perhaps you can find one of those late mm-hmm. in the draft or maybe even a, as an undrafted guy priority free agent so uh, that that's where I would look uh, for them to go at at that position and. You know, if you're if you're really lucky, you you find one of these off-ball linebackers who could potentially, you know, be a, a hybrid of an edge rusher uh, or a, an inside linebacker. I mean, you, you might have to go a little bit higher in the draft if you want to do that, but uh, that that would be a, a nice kind of versatile piece to add to the defense. Let me ask you this then, sticking with that. Because we have, uh, and rightfully so, we've spent so much time, all of us in this tan, uh, in the media and amongst the fan base, discussing the the lack of run game, the need for an improved offensive line in a run game next season, and and kind of how that relates to the draft. And, okay, well, first round, you take this guy. And second round, you hope this guy's there. And then all of a sudden, you got a good offensive lineman and a good running back. We know it's never that simple with the Steelers, Mr. Backo, and they are quite often a a BPA organization in the draft. But as you look at the defense right now, the the whole linebacker conversation that you just laid out there, um, losing a guy like Mike Hilton, losing Tyson Alu-Alu, what do you think will be the first defensive position that the Steelers select in the draft, if that makes sense, right? Like, I'm not saying first round, second round, but just what will be the position? What's the number one position of need now as you look at the defense? Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to gauge. I mean, all along this offseason, 
I was thinking corner because you know you're you're losing one of Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton more than likely. There was the possibility that maybe you'd have to part with one of the high-priced outside guys. Perhaps Ben's pay cut allows you to retain both Joe Hayden and, and Steve Nelson because you know they're known commodities. They're getting up there in age a little bit, but you know what you're getting with those two, and that's a, a hugely important piece of this defense, as we learned the hard way when the Steelers weren't mm-hmm. uh, very stable at, at the cornerback position. So, to me, I think that's still where I would go. Um, you know, you're, you're not sure about a third rounder that you plucked a couple years ago in Justin Lane. Cam Sutton is, is so versatile in what he can do that uh, maybe you do want to find someone else who can play that nickel position in, in case you want to move Sutton around. So I, I'd probably go corner off the top of my head, but with Tyson Alualu leaving, another one that was mildly surprising to me, uh, maybe you do have to prioritize the, the D-line a little bit more than we thought. Although Carlos Davis, um, you know, he's a seventh-rounder last year. I think he's he's got some goods to him, but we need to see more. So I, I'd say corner and, and D-line are a little bit of a toss-up. And then in that next tier, uh, I guess I would go safety and, and edge rusher. Now, you brought up a guy that we want to continue to talk about a little bit, uh, Cam Sutton. Talk about, man, your expectations for him now that he's got this new contract. And, you know, do you think that they would predominantly play him on the outside, kind of what you had just mentioned right there, as it pertains to potentially adding on pieces to this defense? Wow, and, and hold on uh, for a second. Hold the phone, most. We, you know, it's a fluid interview. We've got a report out there um, from a Jordan Strack, uh, okay. who seems to be an Ohio-based reporter in Toledo, the hometown of Chris Wormley, and it sounds like Wormley is actually coming back here hmm, okay. to help the de- the defensive line depth. Uh, you know, I, I think we figured out last season that he's really not a nose tackle. He's more of a rotational defensive end, but uh, I guess they could try to tweak the way they used him last season. We'll effort uh, trying to confirm that, but as of right now, um, maybe that you know, lessens a little bit the need for the D-line that we thought was uh, going up, up, and up with Tyson Alualu gone. That's at least a veteran piece to add back to there. But, uh, yeah, as far as Cam Sutton, uh, I-, I always thought that it would make a little bit more sense both financially and scheme-wise to retain him over Mike Hilton. I mean, don't get me wrong. Hilton's a really good player, and, you know, Mike Tomlin seemingly went out of his way a few times to heap praise on 28, which is, you know, not always something that, that he normally does. Perhaps now looking back, he knew that the Steelers weren't going to be able to keep him, and it, it wouldn't hurt to uh, you know to pump him up a little bit for for other teams. Uh, the, the Bengals <laughs> seem to take a liking to him, but uh, I just think that what, what Sutton can do for you in case of injury on the outside, in addition to being a guy who I mean he's listed at 188 on the roster, I, I think he's a little more uh, solid than that. You know, just seeing him up close, uh, so I, I think he can play the run and, and tackle a little bit better. Uh, than maybe how people usually uh, associate him as a player. I thought it was a good move. It made sense to me. Uh, In an ideal world, sure, you keep both. But uh, this isn't an ideal world. The Steelers have to spend elsewhere, and Cam Sutton seemed to come back on a pretty reasonable contract. Another guy coming back, uh, two-year deal, Zach Banner. Uh, We were discussing this a little bit before we we gave you a ring here, Mr. Backo, uh, and I thought Moats made a good point. Are we so high on Zach ba- like like we are I think as a fan base pretty high on Zach Banner. The, the Steelers are a lot of people talking about how he can be the starting left tackle, right? A lot of people talking about how the 2-year deal that the Steelers just inked him to was was good value for the team. But are Moats Moats kind of laid this out nicely in the sense of 
you know, he was a guy that was cut by other teams. He came here. He was a swing tackle. Then he played, you know, a couple quarters in the opener against the Giants. Are we so high on him just because the Steelers have told us that we're so high on him? Like, do you think Zach Banner is the guy um, who, who can, you know, be one of the anchors of the offensive line for the foreseeable future? Or is it maybe just a, a bridge deal to, to, as a stopgap here while they're trying to, to rebuild and retool this thing on the fly? I think we, we don't know. I mean, that's that's the thing. You make a good point, Wes. We don't really know that much about Zach Banner as far as uh, holding up as an NFL starter. I mean, yes, it's good that he won the job last year out of camp yep. over Chooks of Corfor, but uh, if you want to believe the Steelers and, and their faith in Banner, then you've got to also believe them that that was a really, really close call between those two guys. So uh, tip your cap to Banner for, for ultimately winning it and then – Obviously, your your heart breaks for him, you know, going down, crumpling in a heap in that season opener. But you know, as, as nice of a story as it is, again, we we didn't see much out of him. I mean, what a half and some change against the New York G-men. Uh, it's it's a good sign for him. I, I would say that the Steelers are putting some confidence in him, bringing him back on that two-year deal. Although, as we know, a lot of times with the Steelers. Two-year deal is really more like a one-year deal because you're going to get a chance to evaluate and they can usually get out from under it if they think they made a mistake. Uh, with Banner, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, he was always a right tackle in college, I believe. So I, I don't know if, if this storyline of him being the replacement for Alville and Aueva is all it's cracked up to be. Um, and, and I think traditionally uh, you want a guy like that to help you in the running game, so that makes sense. We know the Steelers need to, to make some major strides on the ground and uh you know it there's there's some promise there but uh i'm cautiously optimistic with him uh especially when you consider i don't think that's going to stop them from considering offensive tackles very high in the draft next month possibly even with their first pick so now you say that but wouldn't that be a little bit money mismanagement if you're going to give zach the two for 9.5 and still take a guy you know a left tackle or something like that in the first round at pick 24, I, like to me, I just think that we have other needs that would need to be addressed in, you know, going that route. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'd still go running back. I think, especially as they continue to not mm -hmm. uh, get involved with any of those guys uh, in free agency, but you, you also need potentially a long-term answer there. And at that point it, it could become a, you know, to, to quote a Tomlinism, a two dogs for one bone situation mm. with Chooks and Banner. Uh, maybe, maybe you think they're both best suited to be a right tackle and you still want to find your your long-term cornerstone left tackle and, and you think you can do that with the 24th overall pick uh, rather than who's currently on your roster. Plus, you need depth. I mean, there, there's basically nothing Very behind true. those guys. Very I mean, true. Gerald Hawkins, I don't think they trusted him all that much to, to really compete for those jobs even when he was here. And now Matt Filer's off to uh, L.A. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a little bit of a deal that you bat your eye at somewhat with Banner. Uh, I was a little surprised it wasn't another one-year deal since 2020 was pretty much a lost season for him. But uh, he seems highly motivated. Seems like he's done all the right things to get his, his body right and get in shape, which has always been uh, the main knock on him going back to the draft process. So uh, that's you know, it's a good sign, I guess, that, that the Steelers uh, gave him more than, than maybe we would have guessed. And uh, a lot of times they do this in free agency in the draft. You, you sign a guy and you, you think, okay, well, now that's not as much of a need, but then they want to find a rookie there anyway to 
kind of cover all their bases, and, and perhaps that's ultimately what they'll do at O-line. So as this continues to go on, free agents we're talking about, still two very you know prominent names from Steeler Nation ah. that is out there in terms of James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. Do you see any scenario where either of those guys end up back here in Pittsburgh? Connor, no. Um, you know, going back to what I said, I, I do kind of get the sense they want to find their running back in the draft. You know, it's been a while since they they went that route with their first or, or maybe second pick. With Juju, though, I mean, the, the longer this goes, I mean, now there's all this scuttlebutt about the Jets and the Giants uh, looking hard at him and how he might end up uh, with one of those teams in, in the Big Apple. And I almost wonder if the Juju situation, to, to borrow a, a Mike Tomlin phrase from, was it really early uh, last training camp, do, do you think you'd be trying to put the jello back in the box with him? Mm. I mean, not only with, you know, the, the, the TikTok dancing, you know, saga last year and some of the other stuff that, that came up with him and the team, but also just, the way that he's approached this offseason, I mean, he's been very kind of brutally honest at times uh, on social media and things like that uh, about how likely it is that, that he'd return. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? It almost just feels like it would be sort of weird. It would be very uh, weird. At, at maybe this maybe stage, that would all be water under the bridge. But to, to me, I think at this stage, it would be very tough. He, like, said his goodbyes the, to Pittsburgh Well, he said his goodbyes, media. but think about from an embarrassment standpoint that he could potentially deal with, right? He's, he was spinning in the whole, well, I took less to come back, run it back. Yeah, hometown we, discount. But we yeah. know that's not the scenario now. We know it because, dude, your market wasn't what a lot of us yeah. thought it would be for whatever reason. Some people will say, oh, it's because they're dancing. Some people will say it's because you're not a, a number one receiver. Whatever it is, I think that that would be a lot to deal with week in and week out because yeah. we saw how teams started to, you know, break out the gamesmanship with him because of the dancing on logos and stuff like that and how it continued on throughout the rest of the season and into the offseason, right? So just imagine they coming back next year, and now with Cincinnati, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you 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 back out here the uh, whole week, like boy. absolutely, like every week." That's what yeah. he's gonna be dealing with. Yeah. To me, I just think it's. T- I think you could he could sign a one year deal for the exact same amount of money anywhere else, and I think the perception is different. Hmm. If he comes back yeah. in Pittsburgh on that one year, it's gonna look like failure for him, and people are gonna treat him as such because of how polarizing he is on social media. Yeah, yeah, it would feel kind of strange. Is my overall point at this point if, if he ultimately does circle back around and, and yeah. rejoins the Steelers? I mean, maybe we're all maybe we're all off on that on our interpretation. <laughs> maybe both sides have been you know wanting that to happen deep down all along. Mm. But eh, I don't know. You know, they, it's it's hard to get around them using that second round pick last year on on Chase Claypool and sort of readying themselves for the future at the wideout spot. Uh, last one I've got for you, Mr. Backo. I guess similar question, but with Alejandro Villanueva. You know, it felt like a lot of times throughout the season, a lot of people assumed that Big Al was going to retire after this season. Is that still a possibility? Is he out there on the open market? Could he be back in Pittsburgh? Uh, how you feeling about Big Al? I don't know, man. I feel like Al Villanueva is the type that, like, he could have already decided he wanted to retire and just didn't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) It would be like like August 15th, and it's like, has anyone heard from Big Al? It's Uh, true. I don't know. I I, I was about to say, like, from personal experience, you're you're absolutely right. 100%. I remember, like, I remember the – so you remember um, the first time he was going about the contract negotiations, right? This is when he, I think, was exclusive rights for right before he got the three for 24. Man, we legit remember doing the all season. Everybody was here every day for the workouts, and he just disappeared. And we were just like, yo. 
has anyone heard from Al? <laughs> like, and then he just randomly popped back up one day. We're like, yo, what the heck, man? So yeah, without, might be on like a farm in New like, Zealand. Like seriously, right now, man. Yeah. Like, Does he even know that free agency yeah. started. No, no social media. He, yeah. when <laughs> he leaves, talk, he hasn't talked to his agent like, in two months. Like, dude, <laughs> he goes dark. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, good for him though. That's the way to do it, right? Yeah, uh, that's a tough one to peg, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, people in the know have kind of been, you know, uh, acting as if the writing was on the wall for a while now with him. But you know, like Moats was getting that, he, he's a he's a tough nut to crack. Like, could, does he want to go get another big payday? Is, does he? Is it Pittsburgh or bust? Does he not want to move on to another city this late in his career, or, or would he rather just kind of? Uh, you know, find a bunker somewhere and, uh, you know, read books for, for 20 hours a day. Who knows? It's always interesting. No, he, he's certainly Big Al is a dude that marches to his own drum. And, uh, and hey, you can't knock a guy for that. Brian Backo, a guy that we never knock here. He's mm-hmm. our good friend. Uh, you, you, you good with Mr. Backo, Moses? I, I, I am. Okay. I, I am. He's uh, my Bri- friend. Brian Backo, read his work in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hear him here uh, every Thursday on the show. He doesn't do cap. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. Mr. Backo, we appreciate your time as always, buddy. Enjoy the madness this weekend. Fun stuff, fellas. You too. We'll see you. There he is. Mr. Backo. Love that guy. That's the man right there. Him and I him and I were joking. You'll like this, Motsi. We were joking yesterday how we're so excited for this next month, like these next three, four weeks, because it's the only time that it's both cool and legal Ooh. to talk about basketball in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> You get mid-March to early April. That's <laughs> the only time true. it's it's acceptable, legal, cool to talk about hoops in Pittsburgh. Which sucks because basketball is such a beautiful sport. I love basketball. Me too. Basketball. It's my favorite sport. I, I like, like the, the way they, they dribble, dribble up and down, down the court. Like, that's, that's my jam. They're playing basketball. When you come to Pittsburgh, it's like nobody likes basketball I here. Bear. I don't get it's it. Ball. Motes, don't tell anybody I said this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is between me and you. Uh-oh, hey now. I'd love it if we got an NBA team here in town. Are you kidding me? I would I'd rather talk about I'd rather talk about basketball ten times out of ten than talk about baseball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby, it's much madness. Don't oh, you tell me with a good time like that. Come on, baby, let's get it. That's we got why, hoop action. Know, that's why, folks, you know, one day if, if Moats and I are doing a big national show one day, I mean, we'll be talking <laughs> basketball. Y'all would be sick of us. We'll be, we'll be, you know, <laughs> be, be sick. It'd be like it'd be like a football show eight months a year. Yep. Then it'd be a, a basketball show like four months a year. Uh-huh. And we'd just sprinkle in some penguins from time to time. With with, with an occasional college feel. We've got to have the college vibe. Yeah, you know oh, that. Absolutely. Gotta have the college, college vibe. College football and college basketball yes, as well, yes, too. Without a doubt. And then we'd just salt bay a little Sidney Crosby. Just, just in there a little. Just, just a little. little. Just a little Sid from time yeah. to time. <laughs> just just see <Sid. laughs> One more segment to go, folks. You know what that means. Everything's on the table. We'll get to all of your tweets. If you've got any questions, comments, concerns, reactions, you know where to find us. It's on Twitter at Wesley Euler at The Body 52. The Body. He's Arthur Motes. I am Wesley Euler, and you are listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.